Boo. You think I'm a good girl? Just wait and see. We're bad girls. This is what we do. I'm the girl that's gonna save your life. Eh, you shot pretty well for a boy. Can't you handle a woman with a big gun? I put the fun in funeral. I like my men covered in blood. Hail to the queen, baby. I can, and I will. I can, and I will. I'll take a bite out of you. Beware the sirens. Welcome back to another spine-chilling and heart-wrenching episode of Sirens of Horror. As always, I'm your mistress of evil, Ella Evella, along with her sister of sin, Ashy Slashy. And today we are going to be doing one of the films I have wanted to do for this podcast for a very long time. We've covered most of his work, and I believe this is our final film in the Flanagan series. It mm-hmm. is Before I Wake. Now, this film, it's a little dicey because yes. it's listed as horror. So Mike Flanagan himself has said he doesn't like that classification. He likes it as fable or dark thriller. I, you know, and with this film, I could actually see that. I could see that being the, um, the label, the label for this film, because it's not like, yes, it has its few jump scares. It does have its scary monster and stuff like that, but it's not like, it's more in the veins of like Pan's Labyrinth, where it's, it's, it's a gothic or a crimson peak, Mm -hmm. where it's, it's, has insanely terrifying scenes Mm -hmm. um but the story of it is more fable-esque dark thriller but you know that makes me love it even more so Mm -hmm. i have no fucking problem with it and i'm super happy we're doing this one as our final flanagan one it's not my favorite flanagan um i don't that there would need to be like a whiteboard and sharpies and I was, I was gonna say if you had to pick one flanagan what would it be uh i can't because i'm like well hush is like such a great like home invasion slasher but mm-hmm. then you have oculus with it's like magic um and there's just so many and then that one we haven't done actually so you oh we haven't done oculus you're right yeah with uh carrie gilliam mm-hmm who is my favorite Doctor Who companion. (laughs) I am very Amy. I am fine with this. (laughs) I would be the person that calls out the Doctor on his shit, so kind of wants to fuck him. Mm -hmm. Boom! Why not boom? (laughs) Um, So this one we're going to do kind of in our more traditional format. We're going to go through the plot itself and break down different parts of it and stuff like that. So massive spoiler warning. We're going to get into the to the nitty gritties, to the fables, to the horrific, to the, uh, I will be honest, I watched this film again this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I cried. I cried like a bitch. <laughs> Every time I watch this film, I cry like a bitch. <laughs> so the horror film that makes me cry. So uh, to start off the film, uh, in my opinion, it has one of the coolest intros. Mm-hmm. It's just this kid peacefully asleep in his bed. 
And this older man that you immediately assume is like a father mm-hmm. comes in with a gun. Yeah, you're just like, what the fuck? Like, what's so gonna happen? Like, are you like, are we going Amityville? Are we going mm-hmm. like, what, 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 what vibe are we going for? You start hearing this like screeching, animalistic sound, and he holds the gun up, like he's gonna kill the kid, which always, like I said, gives me those really strong Amityville horror vibes. Mm-hmm. And then the gun discharges and wakes up the kid, and then you get before I wake. Well, it's not, it's not necessarily that, like, so, like, he points it at the kid, you hear the, like, screaming or whatever. You also get a pound at the door. Yeah, you get a shot at the, like, of the hall, and you don't see anything, you just see darkness, like, a dark hallway in the house, and then. And he closes the door in that super creepy way. Yeah, he closes the door in a super creepy way, Uh, and then the gun discharges. Uh, you get the something hits the door multiple yeah. times though so yeah. you know there's something mm-hmm. in the house question mark yeah what could it be we don't know <laughs> oh what is it and this kid is so fucking cute and he's so sweet i'm just uh, like oh baby yeah uh, like, i would love to have that kid in my classroom <laughs> I'm sure you would. I'm sure you wouldn't want Tate, but Cody, who is played by Jacob Tremblay, who also, you want to know who he voices? Hmm. Robin in the Harley Quinn show. Really? Yep. Huh. Ella has a freaky fact. Ella has a freaky fact. <laughs> Your spooky scoop. <laughs> My spooky scoop. Uh, yeah, I, I, while watching these, was like, where, like, because there's three kids. There's Sean, Cody, and Tate, which I mm-hmm. laughed really hard because I totally forgot the name of the asshole kid is Tate. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, dear audience, <laughs> never name your child Tate. The only other time I ever heard the name Tate before, before I wake and before uh, American Horror Story we just talked about it last week um was uh the tv show or the comp- the competition show um face off the like oh, the special yeah. effects makeup show i remember that one uh one of the contestants was named tate and i was like that's just a weird name like okay so yeah that was the only other time i've ever heard that name i don't want to completely say this but i'm gonna go was tate Nassel at face off i don't actually remember his character i don't either but now I'm just partially convinced he's an asshole. Right, because like every Tate is an asshole. <laughs> so if this Tate is good, then uh, good for you, Tate, on Face Off for breaking the streak. <laughs> uh, so we get the lovely couple of um, Katie and Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mark is too pure. Mark is like Steve Trevor pure. Yes, I just watched 19 or When a Woman 1984. And Steve Trevor is going up there with the phrase like no man, like not all men. I'm like, good point. Steve Trevor and Gomez Adams would never do this shit to me. Mm -hmm. Steve Trevor is now up there with Gomez Adams. Mm -hmm. In purity. And Mark now. Yeah. Mark is a fucking peach of a puppy. And it, like he's like a, he's a great dad too. 
he's a great dad. He's a great husband. He calls out his wife on shit. Like when she crosses legitimate lines later mm-hmm. on. Like the there's one scene we'll get into later that I legitimately was like, oh, like I need a cigarette for Mark. Mm-hmm. Like, oof, ooh, oh, you bitch. Like <laughs> I want to like you, Katie, but you a bitch. Yeah. Um, you you don't know at this point. You just know they're trying to foster. Mm-hmm. And we get a call that uh, from the uh, social services. This kid, he was smart, he was great, but cute. God damn it, is Cody fucking cute? <laughs> I'm gonna repeat that phrase a lot because, like, mm-hmm. for a kid, even in a fabled dark thriller horror film, this kid is like diabetes. He really fucking is. He's like chocolate chip cookie cupcake of a kid and I'm just like I want you I want to have like if I whenever I have a kid you know I want my son to be like Cody I want kids like Cody in my classroom minus some things Ash minus something yes minus some things but like just the sweetness and the adorableness like I I want to have a kid like that and I want I want more kids like that in my classrooms (laughs) he's so adorable so adorable he's so fucking adorable he makes my teeth hurt <laughs> yeah um so uh cody is gonna be their kid they go to their house and you figure out very very quickly that they have a son named sean who died in a bathtub mm-hmm. well actually you get that so you get that before they adopt no it's when they're coming home because they agree to fo- it's before cody gets to the house but they've agreed to foster him because yeah. then uh, Mark is putting in the guardrails in the back mm-hmm. and they're taking down the photos. And uh, Katie goes to the, the grief counseling group. So you find out she's lost her son. Yeah. And then in the middle of the night, she gets up and goes to the bathroom and sees like the, the little tiny hand splashing, which like I had to make the note of, Fuck you, horror. I would really like to take a bath sometime in the near goddamn future. <laughs> like, every time I'm like, I'm going to take a bath, it's like The Shining, Doctor Sleep, Before no. I Wake, yeah. uh, What Lies Beneath. And just oh, suddenly God. I'm like, well, like, you got me that awesome little cold bath bomb for Christmas and I really want to use it. But movies keep making me think the bathtub is dead. <laughs> I know, like I want to use my little penguin one that you got me and I'm just like, nope, bathtub equals death. I, I swear to God, like if people are always like, why do you only shower? I can just be like horror films. Anyone, well also uh, Nancy and the original Nightmare on Elm Street with mm-hmm. Freddy's Claw coming up. Yep. <laughs> Bathtubs are not a safe place. <laughs> and I really just need to relax in some bubbly with some whiskey. <laughs> it's been a long couple of weeks for us guys. <laughs> Mama needs her bubble bath, but fear. <laughs> um, and so you get all this and then we get the very first shot of they've, they've taken down everything. They've installed the bath rails. 
and then you get to see Cody. Sweet little baby. And he's got a little box, and he's like, no, I'm protective of the box. But okay, I'll trust you, Mark. And you're just like, God damn it, child. Mm-hmm. What hell are you bringing? Because I know what kind of movie I'm watching. And you are too cute for this world. Yeah. Too cute. So it's like, what's in the box? <laughs> and you know, also, it's, it's Cody like it's, has his shit that, so well together. If you've ever seen uh, Seven, you kind of get that, what's in the box? What's in feeling. the box? And you find out what's in the box is mm-hmm. uh, caffeine pills and a bunch of energy drinks. And his favorite book. And it's your book about butterflies because this is an eight-year-old boy who's obsessed with butterflies. Which, and also, like, I love that scene. So, like, they, like, they go through the house and she's, like, kind of showing, like, this is your room. Like, we didn't decorate it or anything because, you know, we wanted you to decorate it the way you wanted to. So, like, the only thing that's really, like... It's like some spaceship bedding. Yeah, it's the spaceship bedding. And the little, like, a few, like, one or two, like, space posters or something. Because, like, we know we're adopting a boy. Boys like space. Boys want to be astronauts. So we'll put, like, one or two things about space and a space bed. But then they have, like, you know, these old butterfly curtains that they're, like, we bought these. Like, they probably bought them. Like, we need curtains. Uh, I think Mark literally says they were in a box. Yeah, like, we found them. They were in a box. And he's just looking at them. And they're, like, if you want to take them down, we'll take them down. We understand. And then, like, the... Uh, the social worker is like he loves and he's butterflies like, yeah he collects butterflies and he's just looking at it like I love these curtains <laughs> yeah Natalie uh who's a social worker is such a goddamn peach throughout the film mm-hmm. like she does some stuff that you're like boo Natalie but uh yeah, she doesn't know the child has fucking superpowers so you can't blame Natalie yeah don't blame Natalie <laughs> um and pretty much you find out that what Cody dreams comes true. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing they start seeing are these um, psychedelic LSD trips of butterflies. Yeah. Monarch butterflies, blue butterflies. It's only, it's, um, I think it's only blue butterflies. No, it's also like, monarchs. Because well, the first the monarch, shot, there's the one, there's the monarch that lands on her finger, and when his wings are closed, it's just like the normal kind of like monarch colors, and then when his wings open, it's the blue. They're kind of like different colors. Like if you watch it, there's like red ones and yellow ones and blue. Okay, ones. I guess I, I didn't notice that. I just noticed the pretty blue ones. Yeah, uh, but it's, it's glowing magical butterflies at like one o'clock in the morning. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's fucking sweet. Um, and then as Cody starts to, like, become, like, in the school, he makes a very well, sweet actually, friend. So, I was thinking I was going to talk about his really sweet little little female friend who's just does the Does the monster, I'm not going to give the monster a name yet because we find out the monster's name later. But does the, doesn't the monster show up in that same scene, too? Like, they're Yeah, just like, he's, he's in the yeah. hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie and Mark are like, where are these butterflies coming from? Oh, okay, well, let's open up the window and like let them out. And then you see kind of in the foreground behind, I think it's Katie, behind Katie in one of the doorways, you just see this like shape, shape, this white, skinny, elongated body shape. You see him in a few of the shots. You see him 
uh, also the first time Sean arrives. He is in the background. Oh, he's not interacting, but he's in the background. I'll have to look for that next time. Because I was going to say, like, that's one of the things I love about Mike Flanagan uh, is I don't like the jump scares and neither does my husband. <laughs> but I do like, like, especially with um, uh, his two, his last two uh, series, Haunting of the Haunting Haunting Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor. Like, I love kind of looking at the whole shot and seeing stuff that's not, you know, it's not part of the story. Like, it's, you, it, at the time, you don't think it's part of the story, but it's just something, like, in the foreground behind the actors. And it's like, oh, I see it. Or, like, oh, what's that, you know? Oh, uh, they, don't, they don't do it as much in Blind Manor. Blind Manor is more, like, stuff you, you kind of have an easier time noticing. Uh, but the haunting of Hill House, I think it's like they have like fifteen actors mm-hmm. on set every day, and we're just putting them behind shit. So like, we've now watched the um, the haunting of Hill House three times. Okay, we've only watched it once. We watched uh, Blind Manor. Uh, but yeah, my favorite game in Haunting of Hill House is just like spot the ghosts. Mm-hmm. I love playing Ice by the Ghost. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. And he does such a good job with that. Um, he, he does such a good job with kind of like foreboding and foretelling with stuff, even like, you know, how we discuss in Hush of like when her alarm goes off, her smoke mm-hmm. alarm, which eventually in Hush is her ultimate weapon. Mm-hmm. It goes off very unassumingly in the very beginning of the film yeah like you don't think of that scene at all as being consequential mm-hmm. they're like oh wow they're really pushing she's deaf that's it yeah uh so Flanagan's great at doing stuff like that uh later when we'll watch oculus there's a lot of that in in oculus Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Oculus, uh, watch all of the mirrors in Oculus. Every okay. single mirror. I think that's one that I think like, I would enjoy watching with Chris. Because no, he's not like, my husband isn't a huge horror fan. Like he likes, he enjoys it, but he's not like, you know, there are horror movies that he loves. Yeah. They're, few, they're, they're you know, few and far behind, but there are some horror movies that he loves. Um, but I feel like we would enjoy Oculus. I know he likes Karen Gillian and I feel like that would just be kind of fun. It's it's kind of a more classical horror kind of thing. It it's a little bit more like this is this is what is cursed. Mm-hmm. Actually, and it came out around the around the year like that we first started dating. Huh. Oh, I also realized we have not done absentia, but mm. Probably not do that one because that one is weird. I love it. <laughs> it is weird. And uh, uh, the only thing I haven't seen by Mike Flanagan so far is Midnight Mass. Mm. It's a series he did as well. Um, but yeah, like watch. that's that's one of the things I love about him is just those like subtle things in the background that you well, don't really that you notice. It, think but, about Gerald's game. But you have to be like, wait. Is that something? Yeah, like in Gerald's game too, like the Midnight Man. Yeah. And then of course in Doctor Sleep, there's so much 
around Dr. Slee. Mm -hmm. Even dealing with a Stephen King novel, there's layers upon layers in Dr. Mm -hmm. Slee. That's just amazing to do. Um, now that we've done just, just laughing, laughing at Mike Flanagan, which he <laughs> rightfully deserves. Um, so as Cody starts to get more and more comfortable with Katie and Mark, he learns that their son has passed away. Mm -hmm. And in huh. a way to please his parents, I, I, I view it as like it, he wants to make them happy. Because mm -hmm. you get the scene later with his, his last or second to last foster family. Yeah. Later on, that's just so deeply disturbing. Um, he starts showing them Sean. Mm -hmm. And this is the point where Katie turns into, in my opinion, the villain of the story. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because you notice it. So at first she's just like, oh my God, I like I, my son, like he's back. And yeah. she, she talks about it in her, uh, her support group her support group, her grieving support group. And she's just like, you know, I saw him. And they're like, what do you mean? She's like, I, I saw him. He came back to me, da, 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 da. And she, at this time, she doesn't realize yet- It's Cody. That it's Cody. She's just like, I saw him. And then her- And she thinks it's because Sean's upset that Cody's in the house. Right. And then the, um, the sponsor or the, the, the guy that runs the- the moderator support group yeah the moderator is like you talked about this before when you guys were trying to sell the house yeah like you said sean didn't want to he told you not to sell the house and da, 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 da. so like you know it's just this is a part of grieving you're gonna see him blah 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 and she's like no he was there i was able to touch him i he felt so real and then eventually they they start figuring out that what cody sees or dreams at this point uh becomes reality mm -hmm. and katie starts uh making cody watch old christmas yeah, videos she's like, do you want to see more do you want to see more of sean and, and he's it, like and like he's like sure like i want to know like i want to know everything about my parents like yeah it's, like, i don't think he quite under like he doesn't quite get it yet oh like, i think i i, I definitely think cody is completely in that state because okay let's realize i've mixed up their names it's jesse and katie jesse is the mom katie is the mom of the guy that tried to kill him in the beginning oh okay yeah i was like katie doesn't sound right but i'll go jesse, yes, jesse. jesse and kate well that's confusing okay <laughs> but uh eventually later on in the film uh they go to the guy who was first in the very first scene of the gun mm -hmm. and you find out pretty much we're gonna get into the canker man real quick because we kind of have to yeah so the canker man is cody's nightmare creature. yeah he's basically his boogeyman yeah and it's this elongated slightly signs s it's what I always get from him. It's mm -hmm. got a little bit of the yeah, signs. Yeah, like the signs aliens, cat. yeah. Like if you like dehydrated the signs aliens. Make um, him run a few miles. 
Yeah, like put up, like made him run a few desert, like the Mojave Desert. Like that's what he would look like <laughs> with these like really deep sunken eyes. Um, and the idea is the Tinker Man can absorb people and pretty much mm-hmm. eat people. And they well, wait, no, you don't find this out till later, though. I know, but I'm saying the thing about them seeing Sean. Yeah. The thing is, eventually they go back and you learn about this, and his wife, the man with the gun in the very, very beginning, wife got taken and Cody purposely dreamed about her to give her back. But, oh, God, that's one of the most disturbing scenes in the entire film, because it's like, you see him holding her, like, body, and it's like, but he couldn't remember her, right? And she's yeah. got this, like, mannequin, like, wax, house of wax face. But what I was going to say was that's further, that's further in the plot because I know, but, goes- I, but I was saying is I think because he has already been told to dream about people because of him wanting mm-hmm. to see his wife, that the moment they were like, our son is dead, he knew it and mm. wanted to do this because he's already had somebody tell him gosh i don't this person's gone bring them back for me that makes sense okay i think Um, cody is completely intentional on giving them sean Mm -hmm. so like mom's like do you want to see sean he's like okay you guys want more of a you want more um, of sean yeah, I think and, Cody knows what they want. Yeah, so because hey, that kid is fucking smart and way too adaptable and way too independent. And Cody does not deserve the things Cody has been through. We all need to love Cody. Maybe um, not when he's taking a nap, but at every other point in time. Um. Uh, so yeah, like she, uh, Jesse shows him the video of Christmas morning, and Mark is so on comfortable he's just kind of like he even like he glances at her like you really he realizes she's manipulating yeah she's like do you like do you fucking know what you're doing and then like he's sitting there the whole time like you can kind of tell like he's enjoying seeing the video because like i get to see my son again but he's so uncomfortable with the situation because he's realizing why his wife is doing it because to Mark, their son is dead. Their son is dead. He's like, I, I will accept that our son is dead. You and cannot. Jesse is not. The moment she saw him again, she's like, our son's alive in her head. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the most, there's a lot of gut punches in this film. This is the one that always gets me, mm-hmm. is they're fighting about it and Jesse's like, I'm going to make another pot of coffee. I'm going to do this. Like, pretty much like, I'm going to stay awake until I get to see my son again. Yeah. And Mark is like, you need to come to bed. You need to come to bed. And Jesse says, you won't take him away from me mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And every time I'm like, ooh. Oh. And Mark's even like, no, not yeah. okay, not cool, not fucking happening, and like walks out. Mm-hmm. But God, imagining your your husband or wife saying that to you? No. Yeah. Oh, it's so 
so not okay. So then you get kind of like in this period, you get the first big canker man reveal where they finally do see the canker man. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both very much frightened of it. They're like, oh, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. It was some weird thing. And Jesse is just completely in psycho ground. Mm-hmm. And during this time, uh, Cody is going to school and has a lovely friend named Annie. Mm-hmm. Just a peach. And there's an asshole at a school named Tate. <laughs> because if your name is Tate and you're in a horror film, apparently you're a little shit. <laughs> and at one point, uh, Cody's been trying to stay up. Tired. I'm going to so take wait, a nap. We're, 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 we're talking about Cody at school for a second. Okay. So, and like how, how we're introduced to Annie. Annie is such a peach. So... Cody, like, you know, he's kindergarten, so they're not really doing much. I thought they were like, like a little bit older. Maybe you're like seven or eight. Okay, maybe they're like seven or old, but like you elementary know, school. Yeah, they're in like elementary school. So they're like, and it's, you know, coloring time or whatever. So he's doodling in his little notebook and he's drawing a butterfly. Butterfly. And of course, because he loves butterflies. And then Annie looks over and she's like, I like your butterfly. And he's like, thanks but it's missing something. And she goes over, like she leans over and she draws the little antenna. And she's like, he's missing his antenna. Little wiggly bits. And like that scene is just so sweet and so cute. Oh, Annie, Annie and Cody is so sweet. I, it doesn't end well for Annie, but it's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, although, and like speaking of his butterfly not having antenna, I have a freaky fact. Oh, our first freaky fact of the film. Bring <laughs> it on, Ashy. So none of the butterflies that appear early in the film have antennae. After a classmate draws antennae on Cody's picture of a butterfly, however, so after Annie draws the, the antennae, all the butterflies and moths in the film have antennae. A small detail that shows how Cody's dreams not only are childlike, but easily are influenced by others he's around. Aw, Annie makes his dreams prettier. <laughs> And Co and Tate makes his dreams worse. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you were saying, um he he's so tired Tate. and yeah. Tate's very much hunting him and the way eight-year-olds brutalize each other. Mm-hmm. I remember being eight. That was like fucking like Game of Thrones style shit. Oh yeah. Like red recess and shit. Like it was <laughs> brutal i don't yeah. know what the fuck happens to kids at eight but they're mean little fucks mm. um but he sees take go away and feels comfortable enough to take a nap and as he takes a nap and finally falls asleep Tate comes into the room obviously very very maliciously mm-hmm. like Tate looks like he might slit cody's throat to be a hundred percent honest yeah it looks like he could murder somebody yeah um and you that's the second time you see the canker man mm-hmm. and then he does this bend over backwards yell thing mm-hmm. and it is so deeply nope it's very disturbing there's just a whole lot of nana nope <laughs> and this is the first time you see it in the film yeah is the canker man take somebody mm-hmm. 
So pretty much the canker man grabs T and slowly you just see the skin of the canker man go over Tate's yeah. face. And Annie, the poor darling, she's done nothing wrong. Annie, you're a sweetie pie. You don't deserve any of this. You're never seen again throughout the rest of the film. Right, like I can't tell if she's like walking by and sees it or if she's coming in to go like to come check on Cody. But I like think she's whatever. coming in to check on Cody. She's like, that good of a friend. Whatever she's doing, she's like, I'm going to go check on Cody. He wasn't feeling well. And Tate's being an asshole. So I'm going to go check on him. And, and then she walks into scene. the classroom and gets this. Like she gets this horrific scene of Tate being consumed, consumed. by a canker man and evil moths flying around. Oh, also. And she's just like, ah, and runs away. And I'm just like, oh no, poor Annie. Annie, you're going to need a lot of therapy. And yeah. you're okay. You're okay. You're okay, Annie. <laughs> You've been hit by, you've been struck by the canker man. <laughs> Thank you. That was my rendition of Smooth Canker Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, you never see Annie after this in the film. You see her talking to the police a little bit later, but mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't really talk to the kid either. I would be pretty traumatized. I would need therapy. We cannot blame Annie. Okay? Nope. Cannot blame Annie for this. Annie's a peach. I'm sure they become friends later on in life. That's my headcanon. I'm going with <laughs> it. Um, so they go back and at this point you kind of start getting the idea this isn't the first time. Yeah. So Cody's Cody, like, let's go. Let's go home. It's fine. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing to see. Yeah, mom picks him up. It's that weird, nothing to see here, nothing to see here. Just a, a boy ran away, nothing. No, this is, this is, this is yeah. not strange. And it's like that moment of like, what the fuck are you hiding, kiddo? Mm-hmm. And then uh, during, or right before this scene, actually, you get the scene with Jesse uh, getting child ambient from a doctor. Yeah, his mom. So it's funny, like, I, I get it and I don't get it. She wants to see like, Sean. That's at this it's, point, yeah. it's all Sean. Yeah. And at the same time though, it's like I, I understand, like it's all Sean, but also the fact your child does need to sleep. Like that's not healthy. It's not healthy, but I, I truly don't But what you're doing point. is not the reasons you're doing this are not healthy. You're trying. It, it's like she's telling herself I'm doing this because Cody needs to sleep. Right. But your actual reasonings aren't that. Right. Your actual reasoning is you want to see Sean. And then uh, the next day, Mark is once again perfect. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, he's like, I don't want. Because Cody's like, I don't feel good. I don't want to go to school today. And Mark's reaction. Well, is, no, we don't. Oh wait, we forgot something. What did we forget? Cody dreams that night. Oh the uh, oh god, this scene is so fucked up. This is why the next scene happens. Oh, this scene is so fucked up with Sean. This is actually, I think, in my my opinion, the creepiest scene in the entire film. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Cody has been awake for so long. He's now lucid dreaming. He's dreaming while being awake. Yep. And he's, it's a literal shot for shot, I think. It looks shot for shot of mm-hmm. the poltergeist scene with the clown. Oh, yeah. So the shot for shot poltergeist scene with a clown. 
with zombie taint. Yeah. And Cody is freaking the fuck out, being like, but I'm awake, but I'm awake, but I'm awake, but I'm awake. Right, and then oh, downstairs. Then oh. Meanwhile, downstairs, mom so see, fucked up. Mom sees Cody, or uh, Sean. 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 Mom sees Sean downstairs while Cody is upstairs dreaming. And well, no, he's, he's like, he's lucid dreaming. Yeah, he's, he's lucid awake. dreaming. Oh. He's lucid dreaming. Jesse sees Sean standing in front of her and just like, it's Sean. But then he's oh. just staring dead center at her to say, whispering, I'm awake. This can't be happening. I'm awake. This can't be happening. I'm awake. This can't be happening. And it's just on like crazy repeat. And it's, it's just like, what? It's like, I'm awake. This can't be happening. I'm awake. This can't be happening. I'm awake. This can't be happening. I'm awake. This can't be. And his eyes are so wide. Mm-hmm. It's like pure terror in his eyes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that little bit with the and for fuck's sakes, the kid actor is like seven. Mm-hmm. Like the Tate, Cody, and Sean, they're all like below the age of nine, and they all knock the fuck out of their performances. Like, mm-hmm. dear God, child actors back in the nineties were like, you know. Annie and uh, the one about the the girl in suspenders, Punky Brewster. Mm-hmm. It was like those, and now it's like Stranger Things. It, yeah, uh, like, before I wake, like where the fuck are all these like amazing child actors coming out of? Are are women pushing like children out of the like womb and putting on like London theater? Like what is happening? <laughs> Maybe, you know, like maybe they're like reading their kids Shakespeare. I mean, hell, that's what I'm going to do. I don't think I have a choice of that. <laughs> Between you Josh and Josh. Like, nope, it's listening to Shakespeare. Fine, whatever. Uh, but yeah, and then eventually Cody or Cody yells. Mm-hmm. And Jesse goes up. Uh, also, a really, really small thing. I didn't notice it the first few times I've watched it. Mm-hmm. Watch it this time. Uh, once she goes up and grabs Cody. There's mm-hmm. legit scratches on Cody's legs. Hmm. I didn't notice that. Yeah, like if you look at the scene where Zombie Tate's trying to pull him under the bed, mm-hmm. when Jesse holds him and is like, I'm here, I've got you, you're safe. I'm here, I got you, you're safe. Mm-hmm. You can see blood. Hmm. Which means... Cody's own nightmares could kill him. Mm-hmm. Which I am so very uncomfortable with because my number one, I am a 30 year old, some odd period woman. <laughs> and I have had one continuous nightmare villain since I was six years old and they are raptors. Mm-hmm. Ashley knows all about this. I believe I've spoken about this in earlier episode. In my opinion, you're not a raptor. You're not that bad. Can handle you, Pennywise. Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees ain't a fucking raptor. <laughs> I, I realize I obsess over how to survive raptor attacks when they don't exist way more than is healthy. 
But uh, that means if I had this power and I had nightmares, my house would be crawling with raptors. No, thank you. And thus was the last that Ashley ever spent the night. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he gets, he has the nightmare of zombie Tate. And the next day he's like, I don't want to go to school. And I don't Mark feel good. Perfect. And Mark perfect. is perfect. He's like, okay, that's fine. Well, we don't, we'll have a day together. And he buys them a race car bed. They're, they're building it brown. together. And it's so like, I was, I was watching this with uh, Chris over the weekend. And I looked at him and I was like, I could see you doing that with our little boy. If we have a little boy, like you two sitting like, or sitting together, building the race car bed, painting their bedroom, like. And then being like, oh, we need to pretend we're, we're sick. Just cough on your way downstairs. Yeah, like I could just, I could totally see my husband doing that to our future child. Also, super good. Children need mental health days too. Mm-hmm. All of us as adults will be like, fuck it, I'm taking the day off mental health. Kids deserve it too. Mm-hmm. They really, really do. Give your kids some mental health days. Um, and they're fine. Uh, the police do come. Yes. To check on what Cody knows about Tate. Mm-hmm. And once Jesse gets home, uh, Mark's having a very casual like, "Oh, the police came." Blah blah blah. And Cody is obviously freaking out because this isn't the first person that's disappeared on him. Right. And eventually blurts out, how did Sean die? Mm-hmm. Which just, both of them just kind of finish the conversation. You're guessing like every, every conversation just goes to, to like nothing. Yeah. Um, and then you get after dinner and Jesse grinds up a child ambient. And but puts sit, it in this chocolate cake. No, puts it in his milk. Oh, and brings him it. chocolate cake and milk. While Mark is still being perfect and painting the room with his son and being just, uh, uh, still so upset about this. And, and completely that, oblivious to the, what the, to what his wife is doing. Yeah. He's just like, oh, she brought us cake. How fucking sweet. Not like, oh shit. Yeah, also, don't drug the kid with magical dream powers. Yeah, not a good idea. Um, so yeah, like she gives him the chocolate cake. They're sitting eating the chocolate cake. Mark's go perfect. To- Mark well, is just perfect. And then Mark Mark is honest. He says, like, you want to know how our son died? He drowned. It was an accident. It's never going to happen to you. Yeah, like You're we will make safe. sure it doesn't happen to you. And watching this for the third time, because I know, I know what's coming. Mm-hmm. I know what's about to happen. So I'm like, well, I was legitimately like tearing up because mm-hmm. I'm just like, you don't deserve this. Yeah, if you haven't guessed, Mark does not survive this film. No. And or we're very upset about this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just watching that scene like this morning. I was like tearing up because I was like, you are such a better parent than your wife. Yeah, seriously. You are such a better parent. Can Jesse get eaten? <laughs> like, you don't deserve to get eaten. 
Mark, you don't deserve to get my eaten. my exact note is Mark didn't deserve that. <laughs> um, and so they come downstairs, and uh, this is deeply deeply traumatizing as well. Although uh, I I do like the black Christmas tree. Yeah, that's the great. only thing I like about that entire scene is the black Christmas tree. So yeah, so they're they're finally having a talk between Katie and Mark, and Mark's finally like, Katie, will you come to bed? And Katie says, Yes. If you hadn't drugged your kid, you could have gone to bed, and maybe stuff would have kind of worked out. I don't know, but this would night wouldn't have fucking happened. So they look over and there's a black Christmas tree. Sean looks real ratchet fuck. Yeah, like, like black he's, he's wearing veins. the same thing. Like he's wearing the same thing that he's wearing on Christmas morning, but, but it's he's just gone like, goth. Yeah, like his eyes are like sunken in, his cheeks are sunken in, he's got black veins, and there's a big yeah. black Christmas box. And the lid flies off, and the uh moths fly out. Yeah, and the canker man crawls out. No, no, no. Mo- the, the moths fly out. The I can't remember if the caker man crawls out, but the moths fly out. And then... Oh, Sean, Sean like vomits on her. Yeah, Sean opens his mouth and vomits on Jesse. And it's like dirty bath water, too. Yeah. It's like bath water dirty. And you're like, oh, insult to injury. <laughs> and then the canker man is upstairs. The canker man comes out of the box. That's chases right. them upstairs and and they're trying so, to wake up sean and then like jesse's or, like uh, cody yeah and then they're like he's not gonna wake up because i drugged him yeah like uh mark is trying to wake him up like wake up wake up wake up why won't he wake up and then she's like she's not he's not gonna wake up i drugged and he's him. like why she's yeah like, valid fucking question uh and then mark gets absorbed by the canker man. Came the canker man and the canker man backhands Jesse into a wall and we wake up the next morning with Cody calling 911. She won't wake up. She won't wake up. Now the police are here. Now one of Cody's school friends or schoolmates mm-hmm. has disappeared. Your husband is gone and you have a massive bruise and your foster child called 911. So they take Cody the fuck away. Legitimately. Yeah. Like, none of the things that happen in this film feel like, oh God, why would you do that? It's like, yeah. Like, if you don't know about this fucking ghost ass shit, like, take it away. Yeah. Like, if I walked into a house and there was a foster kid, a mom with a massive bruise, a missing dad, and one of the foster kids, like, schoolmates is missing. I'd be like, get the kid out of this fucking house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Katie goes to Natalie, the, or Jesse. 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 I'll get them right one day, I swear. <laughs> Jesse goes to the uh, social service worker, and steals the file and that's when she goes sees the the guy that was his foster parent two before Mm -hmm. because it's the mom 
one foster family, them, and the dad survives. Mm-hmm. And then one other foster family, and then Jesse and Mark. Yeah. I think I had that correct. Sounds right. And then you get his whole thing about like, oh, our, like me and my wife, like had every like thing too. Like we thought it was so magical. And then my wife got sick and pretty much the kinker man took her. And Mm -hmm. I asked Cody to bring her back. And uh, he did ish. But she wasn't like, he even says like he brought her back, but she wasn't the same. Well, he because said Co- he couldn't remember her. Yeah. He was su- he's a kid. He's a fucking kid. Yeah. Um, and eventually Katie or Jesse, god damn it, <laughs> uses all of her nursing credentials to locate Cody's mother, all of this stuff, finds everything, and goes to where she knows Cody's being held. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about that for a second. Yeah. Where Cody's being held or the the lead up of Jesse definitely breaking a lot of rules. All of that. Okay. Well, at least, so we get to the institute or whatever it is that Cody's being held at. Yeah. And she just walks on in. Yeah, no guards. No security. No guards, no securities, no locks. Like, I'm sorry. If that's an institute that's holding children, <laughs> you would think that there'd be locks and you would think that there'd be security. Well, I saw it more as like, because by this point, the Kinker Man has kind of taken over everything mm-hmm. in this building. So I kind of saw it as like the front door, just like a hospital would always be open. Mm-hmm. but then that like where it's really quiet and there are no guards it's like maybe there are people that have been taken already okay that makes a little more sense like the canker man's already taken people and stuff yeah okay that makes more sense um and she she goes up and there are moss everywhere and uh natalie and people natalie is now in a chrysalis would also like I I understand like Jesse being like until I stop until I wake up Cody mm-hmm. like nothing's going like nothing will change but maybe like rip some shit off of her mouth or like you know free of some breathing passages <laughs> something because mm-hmm. she just looks at Natalie and Natalie's like halfway in a chrysalis and she just keeps walking and I was like. <laughs> wow bitch cold like yeah you're fine you'll live like i know she took cody away from you but like legitimately like you seemed like a terrible mom and you kind of were a terrible mom i get you're redeeming yourself but that bitch is in the right a hundred percent and you're just gonna leave her to like be a fucking little chrysalis And then we get this this long hallway of Jesse terror. <laughs> it's the only way I can describe it. It's like there are vines everywhere and there are moss everywhere. And in the first room is a tub. Mm-hmm. 
and she walks in, there's, there's nothing in the tub. She looks away, there's water in the tub. She looks away and looks back, and there's Sean in the tub. But Sean now has hollow eyes and veins and is nightmare fucking fuel. Yeah. Dead Sean is definitely nightmare fuel. <laughs> and is just dripping water on her and then slides into the tub and just thrashes. And you go, okay, I had feelings once. This film seems to be intent on breaking all of them. It's fine. How much worse can this fucking get? The answer is worse. The answer is so much fucking worse. The last 20 minutes of this film are kind of fucking unfair. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're both horrifying and beautiful and magical and soul. The only thing I can say is every moment, whether horrific, beautiful, terrifying, every moment in the last 30 minutes of this film crushes your will to feel. Yep. Um, so the last room she comes to is she sees Cody. Mm-hmm. And then she sees this blonde woman walk towards Cody and she's got like the hollow canker man eyes. Yep. Just like Sean did. And she sticks her fingers into Cody's head, shakes it around a bunch. Cody's got hollow eyes. And then who should appear but Mark, her recently nommed? I don't know. I don't think absorbed. I, I feel I feel like saying nom does not give the right feel. No. Nom recently feels, consumed. Recently absorbed, consumed brutally. I, I apologize for using the word nommed. That's pretty much what that would be like. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying nom makes the canker man sound kind of adorable. Ow, ow, ow. Yeah, the canker man made canker man made that sound. It would be uh quite a bit less frightening. Yeah. So Mark pops out. Um and she she walks away from all of it. Just walks away. At, at this point, I'm pretty sure Jesse is um both on a path to hell for this kid. And also, probably suffering severe shock and trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets to Cody's room. And earlier, when, you, when she eventually finds who uh, Deborah, who was Cody's mother, she finds this blue butterfly. This mm -hmm. will be important later. We promise. Yeah, she finds. She goes to the hospital, gets a, like gets a box and files and everything on Cody's his mom. Yeah, on Cody's birth mom and finds this little blue butterfly toy. And uh, she goes to get Cody. Canker man comes out. Canker man rushes her and she just puts the blue butterfly. She like opens up the blue butterfly and it's like literally laying in her hands and she hands it to the, the canker man. And then she wraps her arms around the canker man and the canker man slowly turns into Cody because it's all Cody's dreams. Mm -hmm. Everything is Cody. 
she picks up Cody and she starts walking him through these halls of death and decay and Lily's just like let him go and these blue butterflies spring up and the hospital staff gets released and Natalie gets released and she's just seeing these magical blue butterflies of Cody's happy safe dreams and she's like where are you going and she's like I'm taking my son home and you cry you cry mm-hmm. so hard um also I don't think that's how social services work yeah because I was so that's funny because like Chris did the same thing he was she was like Kate she wouldn't be like okay you do you like you'd be I, like uh no no I can totally see her in that moment because there are floating blue butterflies and I was just in a chrysalis like of, of like agreeing like yeah you take the kid home how do you write up that report how does that report go I just want to see Nat. I want to see a scene with Natalie and a big pen staring at her desk being like how uh how do i write this without me getting put in the funny bar <laughs> um but we'll leave that one plot hole alone <laughs> it's kind of the, the biggest plot hole and then you find out the canker man uh the idea is cody was born to deborah single mom who loved him more than anything who gave him this blue um butterfly plushie and he always kind of had these powers when he dreamed like when it was a baby it was just colors mm-hmm. and like the like the story is so sweet because she's like because she's, she's so telling proud him, of him right like she's telling him it's, the story it's, it's jesse because at one point jesse finds all of deborah's diaries mm-hmm. so she's telling the story of cody's mom to cody yeah and it was like and she's like you know there is this woman she had a child and this child had a special gift the woman loved this fabled. gift it's yeah and like you know you get the you like you see it because he's like you can tell that cody's thinking about it and you see his mom and him as a baby and like it was you know, it was them against the world like, right that's like how much his mom him loved and he's it. got the little blue like l- you know light above him and it's just so so sweet and, and, and then you get to cry oh you think you think this almost made you cry at this point your first viewing you're right. like this is the worst thing i have seen the worst thing nothing else will make me fucking cry right you are so terribly fucking wrong yeah because then you realize she had stopped writing in this journal and it was because she had cancer she had pancreatic she had pancreatic cancer and And it was you read it as canker 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 ate my mommy Mm -hmm. and what's and what's funny is the reason why he created the canker man is because that's that's how he that's is literally his last vision of his mother was this dead like this dead decaying woman bald sunken eyes dying in, of yeah cancer. and dying in the hospital bed of cancer 
And the last thing she said to him was, I will always be with you. But as a kid, seeing that and her voice sounded like even it's, it's like raspy Jesse says, and her hard. voice sounded different and it was raspy. And it, that's how that's how he created the canker man was seeing this like bald decaying thing that sounded like it didn't death. look like mom did sound like mom this thing took mom and mm -hmm. i think that's it's such an interesting idea uh we'll, we'll finish up the movie then we'll get into some more little ideas about what the movie is more about mm -hmm. um and so she she tells him all of this and um she takes him home and Cody says, I'm scared to go to sleep. But she says, I'm going to tell you a good story about a sad little boy who didn't have a mommy and a mommy who didn't have a son. Oh, oh, you think you're done crying? Oh, you think you're fucking done crying? No. Because he had a special gift. And maybe this happened. And we just get this montage of the little boy, of little Tate appearing in his bed and all this hate and anger was gone and Katie going back to her husband and then the worst fucking one. He goes, oh, and daddy, daddy got the greatest gift of all. And it's Mark running up to Sean and actually mm -hmm. hugging. And you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> And Cody's just like, is this have a happy ending? And she's like, I think it will. I think it will. And then Cody just looks up and goes, okay, mom, once again, crying. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, uh, we, we can get into more theoretical details at this point. But God damn, this film makes me cry like a bitch. Mm -hmm. It's literally just that last 20 minutes are just like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> uh, but I love, because Mike Flanagan also wrote this, not just directed it. But I I love the idea of, uh, I've seen films like The Bye Bye Man, which is great for the first third. We don't talk about the other two. Or um, The Boogeyman and stuff like that, that try to kind of put into like children's fears. Mm -hmm. But by using cancer mm -hmm. as like a child of like two or three, that would be your boogeyman. It took your mom. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes it so good. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Cankerman's design. Yeah. It kind of looks like if you took Sam from Trick or Treat and the aliens made a baby and then put him on the desert for too long. But it, it works for what it's supposed to be. It like, mm -hmm. and by the end of the film, when you see Deborah and she has cancer and she's lost her hair and her eyes are sunken, you're like, oh, okay, you make sense. Yeah. Uh, now that we've gone through the film, uh, I guess we should go into Freaky Fact Corner before our favorites. <laughs> what are some Alrighty. more Freaky Fact Corners? So, the movie was originally titled Somnia, which would have made it the third film by Mike Flanagan featuring a single Latin word 
for a title after Absentia and uh, from in 2011 and Oculus in 2013. I was like, Absentia? Yeah, Somnia. Oh, he's got a thing for them Latin. This movie was slated for wide release in September on September 25th, 2016 until, uh, until relative media, Relativity Media, the film's domestic distributor, filed for bankruptcy, leaving the fate of the film unknown. The film was later acquired by Netflix. And quite enjoy that. Director Mike Flanagan had repeatedly objected to the film being marketed as a horror film. Instead, he re referred to it as a fable or a supernatural drama. Oh, I heard dark thriller. But yeah, supernatural drama works too. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of the three movies directed by Mike Flanagan to be released in 2016, in uh, the others being Ouija: Origin of Evil and Hush. Ouija: The Origin of Evil still has no right to be as good as it goddamn is. <laughs> I'm angry at that film. It has no right to be as good as it is. It's a sequel and it knocks like the first one has like a 19 percent on Rotten Tomato. This Ouija: Origin of Evil is like 85. It's stupidly good. But wow, Flanagan, way to like rock your ass. Three films in a fucking year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the girl that sits next to Cody in class who draws the antenna on the butterfly also starred in another horror film, The Conjuring Film, <gasps> as the youngest child in the Perrin family. You are right. The moment you said that, I was like, oh shit, she's from The Conjuring. Annabeth Gish also appears in the series The Haunting of Hill House, which was also directed by Mike Flanagan. So there he is using uh, uh, Mike Flanagan just likes to recycle his actors. Yeah, it, she's the social worker. Oh, you're right. She is. She yeah, she plays the maid in Haunting of Hill House. Damn. Yeah, you're right. And both and uh, both Annabeth and J Jay Karen's Jay Carnes appeared in Sons of Anarchy as members of law enforcement. Huh. Good for that. Yep. Uh. Carnes is in season one as a member of the ATF, acronym for the Bureau of Alcohol and Tobacco, uh, Firearms and Explosives. And Annabeth is the season seven police chief. And she felt, so I was trying to like, I remember because I was looking up who she was because like she looks familiar and it was because of Haunting the Hill House. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, she's also in uh, Sons of Anarchy apparently. And Chris was like, who is she in Sons of Anarchy? I'm like, well, she's the police chief that falls in love with Chibs. And Chibs is like our favorite character, one of our favorite characters. Uh -huh. Um, he's a Scottish actor and he's got, uh, he actually like, they, they reference it in the, uh, in the show as well. Cause he's like, oh, this happened, but he has a Glasgow smile. Oh shit. So he has the scars. And so I was like, he falls in love with Chip or she falls in love with Chip. He's like, I don't remember that. Um, uh, that's a long one. Uh, there's a director cameo. Flanagan's in this? Mm -hmm. Mike Flanagan appears as a hospital employee who takes Cody to his mother. Oh, to see his mother. So the so the hospital employee that's walking Cody to see his dead mother Ugh. is Mike Flanagan. That's yeah. Pick that fucking role, Flanagan. God damn. <laughs> the villain, the Canker Man, is revealed to be Cody's childlike nightmarish vision of his mother when she became sick with yep. cancer. Hence the name Canker, and it looks like a look, and why he looks so sunken and gaunt. Um, all right. What is your favorite scene in this? 
your badass bitch scene. I mean, we got a lot. I, they're not all good, but <laughs> Jesse does some pretty badass shit. It's not always for the, the right reasons. Yeah. Um, I would honestly say, I think, like, that whole kind of ending of the film, so, like, her getting getting the information on what actually happened to Cody or what happened to his mom and kind of, you know, realizing, oh, shit, I fucked up. Yeah. Let me make this better. So, like, that whole, just, the, like, that whole sequence of scenes, honestly. Uh, I would say the scene that I think is my favorite is her getting Cody from the hospital bed. Um, after she's quote unquote defeated the canker man <laughs> question mark it is Cody too mm -hmm. um, but just because if you look at like her voice throughout like most of the film she's kind of had a slight soft voice a softer tone a more um, a lot of questioning do you want to see this do you want to do this mm -hmm. do you like this are you happy question 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 and in that scene where she picks Cody up, she's like, let them go. Mm -hmm. She's motherly. She's direct. She's comforting. Um, and I think that's the first time you really see Jesse be a mom to mm -hmm. Cody. And then just, just the entire shot of like the frozen moths in the air and the people falling out of their crystalluses, it's like, oh, get, like, give me like a five page theory to write about this scene and I will be a happy camper to break down <laughs> everything in this scene. It's so layered. Flanagan did such a good job of, um, they, they put them, cause he says earlier in the film, what he says, uh, they go in the chrysalis to keep them safe. So the idea that that was some part of Cody trying to keep the hospital people safe from mm -hmm. the canker man uh, and them emerging from it and then the moss turning into the blue butterflies again and just it's it's so layered and so good and so powerful it's just the end line of like I'm taking my son home. Mm -hmm. um, like, damn, Jesse, like, I kind of hated you for a while, but, like, way to get it, girl. Um, I'm going to rate the film. Uh, I want to give it higher, but I'm going to give it a three. I really like it. Visually, it's stunning. Mm -hmm. It's a, maybe 3.5. I really, really like it. But the characters... Sadly, a lot of the adult characters like Jesse, Mark, and Natalie, um, they're kind of one-dimensional. Like Mark is a perfect puppy the whole film. Mm -hmm. That's kind of who Mark is. Uh, Jesse is a woman who lost her son and wants her son back. Natalie is this. Uh, none of the characters particularly have compelling, up until the very, very end with Jesse, don't particularly have very compelling arcs. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't like the canker man's design. And also I'm not a big fan of overusing a monster. Um, and I think this was, uh, it was one of Mike Flanagan's very first film. Uh, this came out before Oculus or anything like that. 
Uh, and I don't think he had quite learned um, as much as he now knows about keeping stuff to the shadows. Mm -hmm. So um, the canker man's in a lot of scenes and is very well lit and um, kind of by the end, like when it's running at Jesse, you don't have a lot of a lot of fear of it. You're kind of just like, oh, how is she going to stop it? But you have no kind of visceral reaction to seeing the monster. So I'm going to give mm -hmm. it a three. It's good. It's beautiful. I would definitely recommend it. But at, out of Flanagan's films, um, Absentia being his first, um, that I've seen everything except for Blacklist, um, I'd say it's his most kind of color by numbers film. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still amazing. It's still Flanagan. It's still great. But just if I'm ranking it along with my Flanagans, I, I, I give it three. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I would agree with you on that. I would also give this film a three. Um, mostly for the same reasons that you had, uh, that you had said Ella, just because like, yes, it was visually stunning. It reminded me a lot of Mama. Yeah with like the blacks and the blues and the the moths and the butterflies like it very like it to me it felt a lot like mama but the characters weren't very dimensional and the monster is just like oh there's the monster again oh there's the monster again oh there there it is again and then by the time the the monster is like confronting with the main character it's just like okay that's the monster that's the monster, you know, um, but, you know, having seen a lot more of Mike Flanagan's work in the past couple years, I do think that, you know, he has progressed a lot more um, with, you know, his other projects and stuff and kind of used that, like, for, you know, like having something in the foreground versus like, here's the monster right in front of you all the time. It, it's very different. Um, also, you were asking me uh, what was my favorite. Uh-huh. And I think I'm going to go with The Haunting of Hill House. I, you know, I, I think I would agree with you on that. I really liked Bly Manor, but Haunting of Hill House was just... Bly Manor kind of had a more, uh, early enough before I awake feel to me, where it was, it was very sweet in, in different ways. Um, yeah. But like, if I have to go with my favorite film by um, Flanagan, it'll be Hush. Mm -hmm. The film's fucking terrifying. Um, and so goddamn creative. Um, next week, we will be back with our continuing series of urban legends. Ooh. And we will be dealing with the babysitters. Is the call coming from inside? Is your ex-boyfriend outside? What have you done, Naughty? I feel like that I sounded like a, a radio just chalky right there. I'm, so Tune I'm in at 9 p.m. on KTLA <laughs> to hear the shocking stories. Take it over, I'm, Roscoe. Wiki, wiki, wiki. <laughs> I'm excited about next week. Um, it's funny. So I, I don't know if like, you know, because a lot of people try not to pay attention to ads and stuff when they're going on YouTube or whatever. But do you remember for a while, I think it, I want to say it was called like Hush or something, but it was like, um, it ended up later on, I think being kind of like Quibi, but like you would get like ads of like 
text messages happening between people and it was like oh i'm outside uh, oh yeah and it was like short no that's not me get out of the house they're like the baby it was like short me. horror stories but through texts yeah and it was just like what is this this sounds so cool so i'm, I'm excited about yeah like i'm terrified but i'm intrigued like i'm yeah. really excited about next week the babysitter ones were always the one that really fucked with me because it's uh the vulnerability mm-hmm. of not just being in somebody else's house but being in your own house dun 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 um, all right, Ashley, you want to tell them where they can find us? You guys can find us on the beautiful world of Facebook and Instagram. Also, please do check out our Patreon for some very exclusive content. And you can also see our pretty faces and all of the crazy shenanigans that we do on this podcast. Um, the wild ride, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, it's the wildest ride in the wilderness. <laughs> uh so yes, please do check out our Patreon and uh, half the proceeds go to a charity in each month. Ella, would you like to say which charity our proceeds go to this month? Uh, we're continuing with our last month. Uh, we're trying to raise a little bit more money for our lovely guest that was here last month of Holly. Uh, and it's for Address Semper, which is a active group, not only fighting to inspire people to be their true selves, but most importantly, to fight sexual trafficking which while many people think happens across the world, it is happening more and more in the United States of America. Uh, so yeah, you're giving, not only are you helping us keep our podcast going, you are giving to a wonderful, wonderful charity and helping stop sexual trafficking. Uh, so please do check out our Patreon and we'll see you guys next week. And as always, good, bad, we're the girls with the mic. See y'all next week.